You are listening to Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast, episode number 51 with Saima Ali, MD. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Hajj Mubarak, Eid Mubarak. MashaAllah, such a wonderful time. And this time of the year in 2020, kind of year two, so many people had planned on going to Hajj, but were not able to. But at the same time, the scenes from Mecca are beautiful with the social distancing hajj and everybody keeping their distance and doing tawaf and i've been there a couple of times and it's so hard to even you know set a foot close to the kaaba and seeing this is just bringing tears in my eyes but mashallah it's beautiful i think those who are getting to attend this year are among the luckiest one and inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all their prayers and all of our prayers as uh, we are sitting so far and not able to attend and we don't even know if we'll have eat namaz or not i think new jersey is planning on doing something but i have not heard the finalized plan yet i know um, our local masjid is doing jama now but they do two jamaats on jama and um, each is you're supposed to bring your own prayer rug and of course have a mask on and supposed to sit more than six feet apart and uh, so that's still good I have not been able to attend yet so I think we may even have eat namaz but I haven't found out yet and I don't know if I'll be able to attend especially with the little ones Anyways, I wanted to talk about donor-advised funds this Friday. So it's a blessed week and blessed month. And, you know, Sadiqa Jaria is one of the only things that benefits us once we are not in this world. So I was looking at setting up donor-advised funds, and there are multiple benefits that I found for them as well. And so far, I've looked at the requirements for the big three brokerage firms, which is Vanguard, Fidelity, and Charles Schwab's. And so far, Vanguard seems like the highest amount of requirements. So to even to open, uh, I'll talk about what exactly donor advised fund is and what the benefits are, but just um, comparison between the brokerage firms. So for vanguard even to just open up a donor advice fund you need to put in twenty five thousand dollars initial deposit and each time you're you are making a contribution your deposit has to be around five thousand and the donation that you are making has to be minimum of 500 i believe so that's a big requirement, especially for just starting off and uh, not knowing how you're going to be utilizing and using this. And one of the thing about Donors Advice Fund is that once you make the contribution, this money is not yours. This money belongs to the charity. So you have to contribute it to a charity or organization that's working as a 5013C. And Fidelity and Charles Schwab's, they look very similar in terms of the requirements and as well as the expense ratios. So Fidelity and Charles Schwab's, 
they require initial deposit of 5,000 versus 25,000 with Vanguard. So it's a huge difference. And your additional deposits that you are making should be 500 or more versus $5,000 with Vanguard. So a huge difference between between the between Vanguard and the other other two big companies. I will most likely go with Fidelity at this point. And again, you can pick you can pick any charity that is registered with the IRS, US IRS as 5013C and you can make contribution to that charity. And one of the surprising thing that I actually did not know is that uh, there are obviously many U.S. U.S.-based organizations that work overseas, providing um, providing care and money and donations. But I was not aware that there are many companies that are working heavily in Pakistan, and they also qualify because they are registered with the IRS. So that was good to find and. Hopefully, like ED Foundation, I believe is, and then there's a couple of other uh, other big foundations that are doing amazing work in Pakistan, and they are registered with the IRS as 5013C. So you should be able to make contribution to them. I have not actually like looked them up yet, but that is my plan. So let's talk about what a donor advised fund actually is. So a donor advice fund is kind of like a charitable investment account. And the sole purpose of that is that you are supporting a charity organization that you care about. And the moment you put money into a donor advice fund, that money is not yours, that money is gone. And you can make contrib- several different contributions. So it doesn't only have to be cash. So you can obviously put cash there, but you can put other assets like any of uh, any mutual funds you have, any stocks you have, any cryptocurrencies you have, any any sort of asset that's there, real estate, whatever you like, anything that you have, you can put into the charitable the donor advice fund and that money will grow basic rate tax free. So the benefits of having a donor advice fund is one, it is a tax deductible donation. So the moment you put in the money, it's not yours anymore. It is going for a charity cause and you can take a deduction that year. And again, it can be anything. It could be a cryptocurrency, it could be a private stock, it could be any sort of mutual fund or other type of assets. And then once you contribute that money to the account, that money grows tax-free. So you do not have to pay tax on the growth that the money is having because that money is not yours, right? So no tax on it. And you can support any IRS qualified public charity that is registered as 5413C in the U.S., you can make a contribution to that and uh, it will be tax deductible, right, obviously. So there are multiple benefits of 
multiple tax benefits to this. So one, at the time you are making the contribution, you are taking the tax deduction. That money is going, growing tax-free. And then once that money grows, so let's say you're not, you're not planning on donating that money for five years or 10 years, let's say, okay? So let's say you put in $5,000 into the account and in five years, that money grows to 8,000, okay? And let's say that after that five years, you are, you decide to make a full $8,000 contribution. Then you can take a deduction, not for the 5,000 that you initially put in, but for the 8,000 that the money has grown to. So you are not paying any capital gains tax and you are taking a deduction for, for the growth on it as well. The, Cash donation is usually eligible for 60% of your adjusted gross income for that year. And, and this also helps to keep bookkeeping kind of record keeping that you have to for, for donations that you're, you are making each year. I have to go dig up like which organizations did I donate to and how much and how much can I report. And this basically helps to simplify that as well. And obviously, the, like the other contributions we make, let's say sending directly to family in Pakistan to give to other poor people, like that doesn't really qualify for any tax deduction because it's not going through an organization that's recognized by the IRS. So, and any cash donation that you are making directly to a mosque or other local local communities that may not be registered you cannot take tax deduction on those because they're not registered with the irs so this basically helps with the record keeping of organizations that you are donating to for the tax purposes and of course the biggest benefit that we want to talk about as a sadhika jaria let's say we're not in this world anymore we're gone and we have a donor advice fund then we can leave that donor advice fund into our estate planning and we could like write a will and we could sponsor charities through it or or and we could even donate maybe some of our life insurance policy or other assets that we may be leaving behind we could advise that some of that go into the donor advice fund as well and then we could leave instructions for the donor advice fund to contribute certain percent to multiple or whatever charities that we pick on our behalf. So this is where it helps as a Sadaka Jaria that we're not here and uh, our donor, donor advice fund money is basically working and is growing tax-free, which is a huge, huge benefit versus just having a brokerage account that will get taxed on and you lose, you can lose a lot of money through the tax, but this is growing tax free and you are leaving instructions in your state planning and in your will to, to, um, to make a donation, um, once you are gone to the charities. Oh, and one other thing I forgot to mention is that you can contribute directly from the fund as everybody knows which fund the money is coming from or you can make a contribution anonymously 
So nobody has to know which fund the money is coming from. And uh, so basically the first steps are you would open a donor advice fund. I will most likely go with Fidelity. And then you name that donor advice fund so that that could be, let's say, the Ali household or whatever you, whatever name you want to pick. It could be any name. And uh, then basically you contribute money to it and you have you let that money grow tax-free. You're taking tax uh, deduction for it. And you make a contribution to a 5413C, any organization registered with the IRS that is qualified through them. So another way of making charitable contribution is, of course, if you were to start another private foundation, right? So private foundation is different from donor advice fund. Donor advice funds are usually very easy to set up. Anybody can go ahead and set them up. Whereas private foundations, they have a little bit more regulations. So private foundations are basically separate legal entity. So it's basically could be a corporation that's established, but could be established by a family or an individual. And there are more tax laws and regulations that apply to public charities responsible and they are responsible for filing their own taxes and their own record keeping. So there's a lot more involved in starting your own private foundation versus making a donation through a donor advice fund because those charities have already been um, vetted by the IRS and they are doing their own due diligence, paper filing and everything. So uh, there is basically less work involved. So donors advice fund is basically just putting money into an account that you are using to support another charity. Another thing to keep in mind is the fees. So with uh, all the three brokerage firms, the fees are around the same. So there is administrative fee that's around 6% for Fidelity. And then you have individual expense ratio for whatever you are choosing to put into it. So let's say you have a mutual fund that has an expense ratio of 0.015, then it'll be administrator fee plus the investment fee. And those will be the fees that will be charged. And uh, of course, it's a little higher than all the brokerage accounts that we are used to. And that's because there is extra management involved. There's people doing paperwork to send your money to different charities and uh, looking up the status and everything. So there's more work involved. And that's why there are higher fees. So usually it comes to like point. 7.5 from what I've seen so far. And of course, that's like a lot, a lot higher than what you would be paying for your own where you are basically mostly just paying the expense ratio of the mutual fund. But I think it's still worth it, especially for the long run. And in terms of leaving a legacy behind or money, leaving money working for you. So I think it's still worth it, but yes, the fees are higher and it's because people have to do extra work to process your money and send it to the eligible charities and all that. 
And then a lot of the charities sometimes have administrative fees as well because they also need money to keep functioning and there's that fee usually involved as well. So I'll do an episode later on regarding the charities and uh, comparing their their administrator fees and obviously we want to try to send to an organization that has the lowest administrator fee so that's that way your money is going to the people who need it the most but a lot of times it's hard to avoid that because the charity that's set up also needs to be able to do the work and hire people and you know you can't really find a lot of people to just volunteer and do the work so even paying those people especially when they're working in third world countries for for a charity organization, some they're also getting paid, and and that could be a good thing because then it's like a job for people who would not have a job otherwise. So a lot of times it's really hard to avoid those administrative fees, but obviously we try to look at what's lower versus higher. So once I start my donor advice fund and once I find out the charities and everything, inshallah I'll do another episode on how everything goes. But this is what I wanted to discuss for this week. And inshallah, I hope you have a really blessed Eid. And inshallah, Hajj goes well tomorrow, inshallah. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.